morning and let's go to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs and chapter number 24 in your Bibles this morning. Good to be back. Had that quick trip to, you know, airplanes are like sardine cans, you know, they stick, they put you in there and they stuff you in. Amen. I got on one and I had a sweater on and um, there was heat blowing out of the thing. It was hot. And then you get an airplane full of people and the temperature goes up and uh, whoo. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, but it was um, definitely good to get off of that plane. Amen. When you get off a plane, it feels like you got saved. Amen. It's like, whoo. Hallelujah, I'm free, I'm free. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, all right, Proverbs chapter 24. We've looked at uh, several of the first part of this uh, chapter, but now we're going to look at verse number 13. We're going to look at several verses in this passage of Scripture. And uh, our lesson today is entitled, Wisdom is Sweetness to the Soul. Wisdom is Sweetness to the Soul. Let's begin in verse number 13 this morning, God's precious word, and um, follow along this morning as I read. The Bible says here, my son, eat thou honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste, so shall the knowledge uh, of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it, and there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous, spoiling not his resting place. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Fret not thyself because of evil men, Neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect to persons in judgment. He that saith unto the wicked, Thou art righteous, him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him. But to them that rebuke him shall be a delight, and a good blessing shall come upon them. Let's stop there today. Lord, thank you for the Bible today, and thank you for the privilege to open it. We ask your help and your blessings. Holy Spirit, as you meet with us this morning, and help us open our hearts and our minds to your word uh, at this time, God, that we'd hear what you have to say. And uh, Lord, give us wisdom to apply the truths to our own heart and our own personal life, that God, these truths can be sweet to our own soul and our own life and our own homes and our own families, we pray. Thank you so much for your word today, God, and I ask you'll use it in a great way. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Um. I want to begin with a little bit of a scenario. Let's say, for example, that 
I know a police officer who is also a gracious man. Does anybody know a police officer that might be grace, a gracious man? Uh, surprisingly, they are. Amen. The world doesn't believe that, but I do. Um, but let's say I see that police officer who's a gracious man, and he's watching for speeders. And I know him, and I know he's a gracious man. So I say, oh, he's gracious. I can get in my car and drive 80 miles an hour by him. And because he's gracious, he won't give me a ticket. Right? All of a sudden, I cruise by him, going 80 miles an hour, and for some strange reason, I see these red and blue lights behind me. And he comes up, he says, you were speeding. I said, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. He said, here's your ticket. What? Wait a minute. I thought you were gracious. He says, I am. Yeah. He said, I could have given you a bigger ticket, right? Right? You know, that mentality is a mentality that's in our world about not just speeding tickets, but about everything. And that mentality says, because God is gracious, I can do whatever I want, and God will just look past it. And that mentality is so wrong because I ended up getting the ticket, right? There are consequences for our actions. Just because God is gracious does not mean that there will be no consequences for wrong actions. And this is one of the truths that is brought out in the passage that we're going to look at. And we won't get to that right away, but we're going to get there and head there this morning in the passage of Scripture. So like we've been doing, we're going to take Proverbs verse by verse in this passage, break it down, and look at the wisdom that's involved in it. But greater than that, see what wisdom can produce in our life. See, um, the wrong thinking brought me bad consequences when it came to that speeding ticket, right? But you see, what I should have said is, I know that police officer is gracious, so because he's gracious, I'm going to obey the law. You see, what grace does to us is it adheres us to God if we're wise. And so this is why wisdom is so important to us, because it helps us to understand the right kind of actions in our life and thus the right kind of consequences that come in our life. You know, the world likes to, to have their cake and eat it too. The world is telling us all the time, you can do whatever you want, there's no consequences. The Bible goes completely against that mentality. And if God goes against the mentality, we got to hate that mentality too. Amen? And understand that God has the right kind of thinking for us. So let's look at some truths. Let's look at some principles in the passage of Scripture here today. First of all, verse 13, 
Notice what it says. 13 and 14 are connected together. My son, eat thou honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. Now, he's not saying a command. You must go eat honey. It's not saying that. There's a connection here. Notice the next part. See the semicolon? Or actually, it's a colon after the verse uh, 13. So it's connecting verse 14 with verse 13. So shall thy knowledge, the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. Hmm. When we have wisdom, it's like the taste of honey. Okay? Um, it's like something that, oh, is sweet and good. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, for the ladies, it's like chocolate cake. Amen? Chocolate cake. Uh, it's sweet to soul. Now, that's kind of a carnal illustration, but it depicts what goes on oftentimes in man's heart when he uses wisdom. When you, when you use wisdom, that means you're going to please the Lord in whatever God says, and the results are going to be sweetness to the soul. Like honey is to the taste, so wisdom is to the soul. So when we make wise decisions, I got to thinking about this this week. Remember when Solomon made the decision about the two ladies who had the baby? And Solomon, through wisdom, said he didn't know which mother was right. There was no DNA test. So he said, let's divide the baby in half. Let's cut the baby in half. We'll give you half. We'll give you half. And the real mother steps up and says, no, give her the baby. She'd rather see her child live in the arms of another mother than to see it dead. So Solomon was using wisdom in that situation. But here's what I got to thinking of. How do you think Solomon felt after, through wisdom, he was able to understand what was really going on? He probably felt pretty good about that, didn't he? There was probably a sweetness to his soul once he knew that that situation was remedied in the right way. And, and this is the power of wisdom. The power of the wisdom brings sweetness and joy to the soul. Now, we have another avenue of living today that's uh, proposed by the world, which is do whatever you want, live however you want, um, act however you want. And what it does is, after the wrong actions are done, it brings a bad conscience. It brings a hardened heart. And here's what it brings. It brings a twisted mind. And here's why it brings a twisted mind. Because when a person does wrong, they have a choice. After the wrong is done. They have to say, okay, Either I was wrong in that decision, or I was right. And that really is a refusal to admit that they were wrong. Right? Now, I know none of you have ever done that. Right? But what happens is, is then, if a person doesn't admit they're right, or they were wrong in, the, in that wrong action, after the wrong action was done, what happens is they begin to form a mindset that wrong is right. 
Isn't that our world today? Wrong is right. So then, if wrong is right, then right must be wrong. See the twisting of the mind? You know, um, I think this is, the, this is the wrong thinking of work salvation. If a person says, I'm a good person, I can get to heaven by being good. It's a mind-twisted thing. Why? Because we've all come short of the glory of God, and unless we go to God and confess that we're sinners, there's no way to be saved. Because we're trusting in our own righteousness and not the, the righteousness of God. And when we go to God and we are trusting in His righteousness, we are admitting to God, I was wrong. Right? And isn't there a certain amount of freedom in that? You know, it's like the little kid that lies. One of our grandkids, Wyatt, when he was young, Katie videoed him. He was little. He got into the chocolate. And he had it all over his face. And my, my daughter videoed him, said, did you get into the peanut butter balls? Nope. He's got chocolate all over his face. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he didn't get into those peanut butter balls. Uh, and he had chocolate all over his face. You know, now that's kind of a childlike illustration. But oftentimes, and by the way, our society is drifting into this idea that you can, you can, if you don't admit that you were wrong in a certain area, then it must think that your wrong was right. And it's okay, and there's no consequences for that. And wisdom defies that. Wisdom goes completely against that. Because only by truth and righteousness is a person really free in their heart and their life to live free and happy. See, it's when we take wrong and we can't say, I was wrong. And by the way, we're all, we're all wrong from time to time, amen? Not, and, and our natures are wrong because we're sinful natures. That's why we need salvation. So if I say I'm good in myself, I'm a good person, I do good works, I'm twisting my own mind into thinking that I'm okay. So wisdom says this. Wisdom says, when I, verse number 14, so shall thy knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward. Now, Wisdom says, I'm, I'm a, a, a sinner. You know, um, the Bible says even a child can understand this. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation. When a child will admit they're wrong and they're a sinner, you know what that does? They can go to God and be saved. And that frees them from the guilt and the penalty of sin. And that, that is the vein in which we should be living our everyday life. Because I'll make a decision tomorrow that might not be right. And if I make that wrong decision, I, I have a choice after I make the decision. Was that the right decision or was that the wrong one? And I could say, 
If it's the wrong decision, I could say, well, I was right. I was right. And what am I doing? I'm twisting my own mind into thinking right is wrong. And thus, wrong is right. So this is where our wisdom steps in. Wisdom has this self-understanding that, you know, we're just, we're not perfect. And by the way, it shouldn't hurt us to admit it. Amen? It shouldn't hurt our pride. It's pride that keeps us thinking we're always, we got it all together. Amen? But we don't. We ought, we're sinners. It's our human nature. And, and that's why it's, we're wise to become saved. Well, the scripture teaches wisdom. Because wisdom helps us to understand the truth today. Now, this is really permeated more in our society because we have this uh, gender stuff going on. If you're a man, but you want to be a woman, you can be a woman. I got news for you. You are what God made you, whether you twist your mind or not. If you're a man... God made you. Your chromosomes are different. You have testosterone, but you have bone density different than a woman. God made you different. You can twist your mind all you want, but you are what God made you to be. And only will a person find personal freedom when they finally come, when they finally admit that they that that's wrong. Then you find freedom. Isn't that amazing how that works? But really, Satan and the flesh are always trying to become something that God doesn't want. And what it does is it twists people's minds. I heard about a, and by the way, society's sucking this stuff up in. You know, like the, there was a girl I uh, heard about in school, and she identifies as a cat. She walks around and meows at people, dresses up like a cat. Uh, that's pretty twisted to me. Amen? Now, whether you identify as a cat or not, you're still a girl. Right? And... Uh, and this is where the mind is getting twisted in our world today. And by the way, when people get back to the Bible and learn God's wisdom, they become free again. They f- they're free of all that mental twisting. You know, the best way to live life is to understand what God said. And man, that's, that's the way to live. Amen? And so this is what wisdom does. Wisdom says, no. Nah, I don't buy all this stuff. Wisdom says, God's got the answer. He made me. He knows how I work. You know, um, you can go into the store and buy a Rolex, and the guy, the guy shows you a Timex. Really? No, I wanted a Rolex. Oh, well, I'm identifying this watch as a Rolex. But it's a Timex. How far can, how far does that go? How far can this world take that mentality? They can take it so far. But let me tell you something. 
There's only one remedy for this, and that's the wisdom of God to get back to what God says in our world today. Amen? All right. And by the way, someone can text me on Facebook and say they don't like my preaching. Won't bother me at all. It's still in the Bible. Amen? And I'm going to stand with the Bible. That's a lot smarter than us. Amen? All right. Okay, so let's look at what this is saying here again. I did get a little sidetracked, but I'm going somewhere, okay? Here we go. Verse, um, verse uh, 15. Notice this. Uh, Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. Okay, now before we get to verse 16, understand that God says that sometimes a wicked person likes to negatively affect the righteous person. Why is that? Well, because the righteous is blessed. And he wants the blessings of God, but he only got it through wisdom. See? And the wicked man, he looks at the Christian and he's convicted. Who does he think he is? He's so Billy Bible, Mr. Spiritual. Who does he think he is telling me what to do? You know, that causes the wicked to want to spoil the resting place of the righteous. But notice the next verse, because these two verses are connected. It says, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now notice what he's saying. The just man, I looked up the word just, it's the word righteous. A righteous man, a just man, he may fail and falter, but he's always going to come back to truth. That's what makes you righteous. Um, we're going to fail and falter in life as Christians. We're going to stumble sometimes. And of course we shouldn't, and we should build principles into our life that make us strong to prevent that. But if we fail, we falter, and we, we stumble... A righteous man is one who always keeps getting back up, saying, you know what, I blew it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do right. Conversely now, a wicked man, he just has to face the, the punishment and its consequences. So there's, there's a difference between an imperfect Christian and somebody who's just wicked. And, and by the way, it is again going back to this mental understanding. Why does the just man maybe fall, but he gets back up? Well, because when he falls, he realizes, you know, that was my wrong. That was my mistake. And so he goes to God and he says, God, you know, I admit this. Will you forgive me? And you know what? There again, brings the freedom Amen. to live for God and to keep on going. Because the just man... It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but, or, or, uh, but, but when, you, when, you make, when you fail, when you stumble, you admit it, you say, God, I acknowledge it. Um, will you forgive me? That brings us to this place of peace in our heart, and it keeps our mind from being twisted. You just keep getting back up, keep doing the right thing. It's a great remedy when you fail or you falter not to stay in that place. 
Amen? Don't stay in that spot. Say, Lord, I admit, I messed it up. Forgive me, Lord. And go on to serve the Lord. Amen? And by the way, the Bible calls that man a just man. A righteous man. Amen. So, this is wisdom. This is wisdom. Okay, now let's go to verse number 17. The Bible says here, Rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Now God says, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Don't rejoice when your enemy falls. You know, pray for that one. Pray for that guy. Um, God can turn his heart around. God can change anybody if they're willing to come to the recognition, this recognition that I'm wrong. You know, God can change them. God says, uh, don't, 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 uh, Rejoice. Ha ha. Hey, he did me wrong, and now look, he fell. Ha ha ha. Yeah, good. God said that that doesn't please the Lord. Um, because God has a plan for the wicked. Um, you know, revenge, vengeance is mine, God said. And Christians shouldn't put them pla- in the, ourselves in the place of being vengeful to other people. We should allow the Lord to take care of this, those kind of situations in our life. So rejoice not when your enemy falls. Um, um, just trust the Lord. Amen? Always do right. And, you know, even you get to the New Testament, you find these kind of principles like, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If, if he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. If he needs a coat, put a coat on him. Not a friend. Let's talk about an enemy. Because, see, this is, this is this peace that comes from a Christian who's serving the Lord, happy, living, living right, may stumble from time to time, yeah but always keeps getting back up and serving the Lord. And man, what a, what a great life that is. What a blessed life, you know? So, um, don't, simple, a simple principle, don't ever be glad when somebody fails or falls. Pray for them. Amen? Pray for them. So, now, now, here's something else here, verse 20. Uh, verse 18, 19, and 20 are, are all connected. Um, or, or, or so, no, look at verse 19. 19 and 20 are connected. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Now, God's saying, don't worry about evil men. Don't worry. I think he's saying two things. Don't take vengeance into your own hands for an evil man. And also, don't worry what an evil man can do to you. Um, God will, 
protect you and bless you. God will turn the tide uh, like, like David running from Saul. He didn't try to take, he, he wouldn't touch Saul. He wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, cause vengeance upon Saul, even though he had an opportunity. He didn't do it because he didn't believe that I touched the anointed man of God. But what happened? God worked out the situation, didn't he? And eventually David came, became king. So we have to trust that an enemy cannot touch us or hurt us when we're doing right and living for God. Um, and I think it's interesting that he even talks about a Christian having an enemy. Why would a Christian even have an enemy? And it's, it's not saying that we go about seeking enemies or causing an enemy. That's not, that's not the spirit of Christ. But by the very nature of the fact that we belong to Christ and that we are his and of him, the world is not going to like that. The world doesn't appreciate that. And sometimes evil men want to do harm to God's people, good people. But we can't worry about that, can we? We have to give it to God. And, and by the way, it makes our faith stronger when we give it to God and watch God handle those situations. It makes us stronger Christians. Because we look and see, man, God's working in so many ways that we just don't even know them all. Okay, now it gets to this wicked man. Notice what it says here, verse 20. For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Now what does that mean? Is it talking about, you know, you light a candle? Now, there's another verse in Proverbs that says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, there's a light that goes on inside of a person. And wickedness darkens the light or snuffs it out. And they live in darkness. You know, people live dark lives. Um, there's no light in them. Um, and, and, and God says, you know, some people just choose to live in, in darkness. Well, God doesn't want that for anybody. You know, God wants, God wants people to acknowledge him, live in the light of his forgiveness. You know, I, every Christian ought to have a light inside of them. Amen? Just a, um, a bright light inside of them. That's the candle of the Lord working in the spirit of, 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 of us. God's candle in us. So, um, simple truths here about this. Um, now, let's go on here. Verse number 21. My son, fear, fear thou the Lord and the king. Meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Okay, now he's saying here, it's important to fear the Lord. It's important to fear the Lord. Too many people today just don't fear the Lord. You know? We don't fear the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean that God is some big evil person up there ready to hit you on the head with the bat every time you do wrong. 
It means that we have this godly respect that God is holy. And that if he's holy and I'm his child, I need to walk in holiness. I need to fear him. There needs to be a godly respect for him. Salvation is not a ticket to just go live carnally. It's not. It is an opportunity to live for Christ through the Spirit of God. And, and, and he's saying here, he's saying here in this verse, don't meddle with them that are given to change. Well, they're always changing something in the world today. Have you ever noticed that? The standards of right and wrong, um, and by the way, society does not determine the standards of right and wrong. Society does not determine. Society always turns what is right and wrong to wrong. Check out history. They always take what is right and twist it, make it wrong. Um, All societies of history always did that. Uh, Rome came to power, and so, because they were powerful, they started allowing all kinds of ungodly, wicked things. And what happened to Rome? Gone. Gone. Um, Society does not determine right or wrong. God determines right and wrong, and it's up to societies to accept God's word as right and wrong. And if they do, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. But those that don't, God says here, they change. They always want to change. Boy, it's amazing the changes that we've made. We think we're getting better. We're getting worse. You know the biggest problem in the public schools in 1950? You know what the biggest problem in the public school in 1950 was? Bubble gum. Kids chewing bubble gum in class. Boy, we need to get back to those days. And now look what's going on. And it is this, under, it is this idea that society determines right and wrong. Oh, no. God has always been the same. He's never changed. It's people that change. Societies and government. And by the way, if a society can get a society as a whole to accept wrong, then they think they can rule and reign that society. It's a satanic control is what it is. But let me tell you something. God teaches us this principle as a Christian. Don't, don't meddle. I looked up that word meddle and it means to mix with. Don't mix with those that are always changing. You ever known a Christian that once one day was serving the Lord and doing right? And boy, now they started changing all these things in their life. I know Christians that now accept alcohol. It's okay to drink. No problem. (laughs) What happened? Somewhere along the line, they were given to a change. And I want to tell you something. If God is the same God he's always been, why don't we just stay like him? Why don't we just not change? Oh, we think change is progress. (laughs) You know, Obama gave us hope and change. 
That's all I got left in my pocket is change. Amen? He gave us change all right. We got change. Um, boy, I'm going to get so many comments. I'll be dealing with them all week long. That's okay. I can handle it. Down deep, they know it's true. So anyhow, I don't, I don't worry about that. So I'm just simply trying to say here today, according to Scripture, we don't want to mix with people that change. And, and here's what it means. It means that when you're around an influence of somebody who's always got all these reasons for right and wrong, these are people who've twisted their mind at some point in time and allowed wrong to be right, and they want to convince you that they're right. God says, no, I'm the same. You know, all we got to do is just hold to Christ and his word, and we'll be free from the mentalities of the word of the world. Amen? I look at the stuff going on today, the junk, transgenderism, homosexuality, um, all this, and their society's trying to get everybody to accept it. And it's relentlessly put out there, isn't it? I mean, you can't have a television show anymore without two men kissing each other. You know? You can't have this, you can't have anything anymore. Everything is a bombardment to accept what God does not accept. And that is why our world is becoming dark. This candle of man, this candle that God put inside a man, it's getting snuffed out and, and people live in darkness and they want us to accept it. I'm not going to accept the world's darkness. I'm the, you and I are children of light. Amen? And God said, because we're children of light, walk in light. Amen? So, wisdom teaches us these differences. Wisdom says, okay, I'm not going to swallow that. Wisdom knows the difference between what's right and wrong and where wrong has gotten twisted into right. Wisdom is able to identify this. It doesn't do this. When man does wrong, he must either admit it's right, either make it right, or twist his mind into thinking he's right. But doing this, he hardens his heart, his mind, and his conscience at the same time. Salvation is the acknowledging that we're wrong and God is righteous. And God washes the wrong, the sin away in his blood, declaring us righteous, not in our own selves, but in his righteousness, thereby freeing our heart, our mind, and our conscience from being twisted, and we become at peace with God. Amen. That is where true wisdom really impacts our life, is when we are living free being able to walk in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are times, and I'm a preacher, okay, but there are times when my whole heart is like, I don't, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to be spiritual. Now, I know none of you are ever like that. Okay, I know you're not. 
But my, my old sinful heart can be like that sometimes. Amen? Amen? And you know what I have to say? Lord, why is that? Why is that, Lord? Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. You know, it's amazing when I say that. Lord, forgive me and cleanse me. And this all goes on in my own heart, my mind. Lord, forgive me. Or you have a wrong thought. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. When that happens, there becomes a freedom to a Christian. And, and we may not realize it, but it's wisdom that brought us to that understanding. That we can be free in the Lord. You know, doesn't the Bible teach us about liberty? We have soul liberty. That's a doctrine in, in the New Testament. We'll have to look at it sometime. But we are free in the Lord, not of ourselves, but we are free not, not to live like the world, but to live for God. Um, God's freedom gives us the privilege to live for him. Because really it is a, it is a privilege to live for the Lord. And it's, it's a blessing to be able to live for the Lord, even though we are, we're um, human and he's godly. It's really a privilege to live for the Lord. And so that opportunity ought to be taken advantage of every day of our life through the wisdom of God that comes to our heart and our mind. And now, notice here, verse 24. Let me wrap this up here. Verse 24. He that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous. Now notice that. See this, this mental twisting going on? He that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous. Him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him, but to them that rebuke him shall be a delight. And a good blessing shall come upon them. You see where blessings truly come from. It comes not from the accepting of what this crazy world wants you to swallow. It comes from the acceptance that God is true and he's right. And by the way, he's a good God. Amen. He's a gracious God. Just because he's gracious doesn't mean I can drive 80 miles an hour past him. Right? I still have to face those consequences. So wisdom locks me in to following God and according to his rules and his ways. That brings me peace and joy in my life. Amen? I do think there's a lot of people in this world that because they don't know Christ, they don't know that peace also. And they're walking in this mentality that we talked about this morning. When... I believe true salvation, when a person finally comes to recognizing their need, their personal need is Christ as their Savior, and they come to that place where they ask God for forgiveness and they get saved, there is true, genuine freedom in their own heart and their own life. And that's what God provides through the wisdom that he gives us to be saved. Amen? Amen. All right, well, we'll stop here. We'll pick up some more verses here next week and uh, dig into what's here. Let's pray. Father.